Happy Monday, everybody, on this beautiful Monday. Happy Monday to you, Dan Torres. Happy Monday, Buzz. Had a good weekend? Had a really good weekend, and it's continuing yeah. today because in the studio we have, drum roll, Uh-oh, who Bill have? Dwight. <laughs> wow. Always wow. a pleasure. I've never seen him before in this studio. No, no, this is a rare <laughs> First uh, time. visit here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? Uh, it's just it's a magical place. It's transformative. It really. It's, <laughs> well, these studios. Um, they grow on state you. State of the art. They grow on you, and things are growing on them <laughs> in the studio. Historically, it's W H M Dwight. But <laughs> no, no. So just before we went on the air, we were having a conversation about our conversation on the air, and um, we were going to have a. Well, let me tell you how it how it went. I was. Uh, relating the story that happened at the Asheville Transfer Station, a.k.a. Dump. Um, and at the transfer station, I ran into a person that I, I have uh, high regard for. Um, he's a good citizen. He, he's a good guy. and um, Sort of has raised a very beautiful family. And he's a hunter. And somehow the question of guns came up. And he then told me that... Um, He's in, he was telling me sort of proudly because he knows my politics. So he, he, was, he was crowing to me that he believes that assault weapons, uh, you should have to be 19 to obtain one. <laughs> it was a big, big move for him. Big move. Right. Yeah. And, and so I was like, um, why 19? He said, at 18, you're too irresponsible. And then magically on your 19th birthday, you get an assault weapon. And when I asked him, why does anybody need an assault weapon? He said, to defend your house. At which point I will tell you that Bill Dwight said, right, in case there's an invasion from Martians, <laughs> you need to defend your house. But um, I, I was struck by that. In telling that story, Dan, you were telling me about a conversation you had. Yes, an, an individual I met at a coffee shop and uh, decided to have a conversation with me about Ukraine and... Uh, you know, he made a couple accusations that uh, got me upset, and and I basically said that he's listening to anything that comes out against Ukraine. Sorry, I have to articulate the, what they were. He basically said that the Ukrainians were bombing themselves and bombing their own buildings, and that the Russians don't use Nazis; only the Ukrainians do. And I basically started accusing him of just lying and believing whatever is coming out as Russian propaganda. He and told you so, just look on the internet. And yeah, he told, find the, yeah, the yeah told me to go and look on the internet, go Google it, and I'll find all the answers. And I'm like, but what websites are you finding when you Google something? You have to have a deeper conversation with people. You'd be you, like, you where are also, you finding this? You could also find on the internet that Ukrainians have gills, and that's how they process air. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and there you go. Wait, are they positive. <laughs> Exactly. I'm I, just I saying... Think, I, you know, it's on the internet. But, but he, here's the real question. Uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. That's there. okay. Uh, but Bill Dwight, you've been president of the city council here. You have been, um, you're not necessarily, you've been in politics where you've had to speak to a whole lot of people yes. who share a whole, who don't share a whole lot of different viewpoints on the same issues. What do you do when somebody says to you, oh, the Ukrainians are bombing their own hospital? Where do you take that? You, 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 Turn around and try to remember where you parked your car. I mean, that's, you know, I, I got to go. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, there really are some conversations that aren't really worth having, ultimately. I mean, the one you had at the dump, I mean, I, I think, as you said, he was making a concession of sorts. And th- and by the way, that was a conversation. Yeah. Like so we were listening and responding. Yeah. yeah, what Dan was getting was something completely different, and it's uh, – uh, um, and. It, it, it will always be. There will always be people who believe. You know, before we had the internet, we had you know stuff that was sent to you as a Xerox. It was the same kind of quality of in-depth analysis of what's actually happening. I mean, yes, in fact, actually, there are uh, uh, people fighting in Ukraine who have allegiance to uh, Nazi or have Nazi sympathies. Yeah, we have them here too. Yeah, and in fact, they're in our armed forces as well, yeah. and uh, in Russia, and our government, really, Russia with its relationship to Jewish people is not particularly stellar either. So, yeah. and you know, it, the fact is, is that he turns this into something completely different. He yeah. he m- means it justifies 
um, invasion and invasion yeah. and and whatever else. And I, I and he know. won't he won't articulate those words, but he is essentially implying that in his arguments is well, they had to do something. And look, there's a bunch of these groups, and then he tries to connect it back to some historical events in Poland and how. Uh, 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 Essentially, the business owners in Poland gave uh, the Germans a list of Jews to go and exterminate. But and on, on like, a bigger so, issue, it, not a bigger yeah. issue, but on a different issue, how do you respond to Bill? Bill said it's time to try to remember where your car is parked because there's I, no sense having a conversation. I did the irresponsible thing and decided to start yelling back and he basically accused him. Yeah, you pushed my button. He yeah. used a couple of names that, that, that triggered me. Yeah. So then I lay it on him in the middle of Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's cruising weekend. for. Honestly, and that's he what he's cruising and then, for. And then, yeah. and then he stopped talking to me because he realized I wasn't going to take his bait and try to engage him. By the way, we had a conversation for five or ten minutes prior that was us exchanging information because I was like, oh, yeah, the Russians also did bomb a building. He's like, where? Where? Show me the name. Where did it do it? And I was like, okay, let me go BBC because I won't pick an American website. I was like, I'll pick the British. And here you go. Here's the name of the individual that said this. And it's, well, whatever. It, there's some individuals I don't think you can reach. And I think the internet makes it worse for them because the information uh, internet, you can almost find any path to any story that you want Absolutely. and what the, i think it's different though than what you said about books i think in some way the internet is a a lot more creative information is not something you find it can find you right it, it's it's targeted to you so in, in many ways people can compare it to there's always been crazy books there have always been racist anti-semitic books there have always been a bunch of those things the difference is those books can chase you well, they, they were on a bookshelf somewhere on in a library you had to go look for it grab it grab it sit down and read it today you literally take it out of your your pocket book and well, it's there that's i mean the the difference between what buzz was talking about with his his uh my transfer station. Yeah. <laughs> it's dump buddy. And it the fact is is that the technology has changed. The technology assault weapons were not available when the NRA first founded itself and they were basically teaching kids how to shoot twenty twos in plink cans. The internet didn't exist when but all the jerks still existed. Oh, yeah. It's just it facilitates bad behavior if you want. I mean, gun culture, the fact is, is that, um, you know, actually, I've spoken about this multiple times. Rob Oakham has done as well, Jackson Katz, about the issue of the fact that every one of these people who does these mass shootings is male, is a male, is, uh, <laughs> and, and, and about, according to FBI statistics, is somewhere around 93, 95% of all violent crimes are committed by males. Okay. And I always say that, look. If this, if we're only left-handed people who are doing all these violent crimes and doing all these shootings, you think we'd invest some money in doing this analysis and try and figure it out what it is? Now, the fact is, males live in every culture, and this culture exists. Uh, mental illnesses occurs in every culture. Uh, rock music and video games and everything else, all the other supposed uh, horrible influences on gun violence. The two things that we have is one, we won't recognize the the this statistical aberration of maleness and we facilitate it by providing great tools uh, an assault weapon is a magical tool it does exactly what it's supposed to do in the hands of the people with, that freak us out the most and it and also to your fellow's point he's it's the escalation issue what if someone breaks in your house and they have an assault weapon? You need an assault weapon to fight back. I mean, I mean you know, the irony is it's not entirely true that that technique. We had Gatling guns and then we had machine gun, machine gun. Those Gatling. were illegal. But <laughs> they we were didn't have an time. NRA. Right. We didn't have an in industry. Uh, that, A lobby that. Yeah, yeah, that that legitimated the ownership of machine guns. Per personal ownership of machine guns. Which are now called automatic weapons in some respect, and and Gatling guns. Those were against the law. Right. I mean, you know, when Al Capone was uh, wiping out people in the St. Valentine's Day massacre with machine guns, he was a criminal <laughs> for a number of reasons. But that was also one of them. The crime was the possession of and use of um, machine guns. We um, in Massachusetts, it's illegal. It's still illegal, but in in some form or other, and it's. 
the fact is, is that, you know, when you get in debates with somebody about, you know, gun ownership and gun possession and the right to bear arms and so on, it's, you know, you, you get in that mindset of you're having a fight with someone who believes that they are actually protecting themselves may or may not be true, but that provides them with some assurance that they have the opportunity to go to their closet when someone breaks in their house and then cut them in half. The fact remains that the same thing is an impulsive teenager who can't get a date wants to go or is depressive or is, goes online, has an opportunity to look at some people who reinforce their, in, in the case of Buffalo, their racism, they have a very efficient tool that can allow them to go and be a hero in their mind for a day. And it, it's, you know, we, the amount of people, the amount of children we've lost in schools, if, you're, if you think about it, during the Vietnam War, which is ancient history now, but when we lost that many people during a day of fighting in Vietnam War, there were protests in the streets that were trying to shut the government down for yeah, that reason. I, I was among those protesters. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and me too. We're antique old, old lefties, but the fact is that you don't see. Now we've become completely inured to it, and it's happening, not in a different, in a distant country, with people that we've we've decided to impress our will on. It's happening here in this country in our grade schools, in our middle schools and high schools, and um, we can't even get to the point where we can have a reasonable discussion, and where we get very excited that. Uh, the new gun laws now include red flag laws, which means you can act if you feel a person is dangerous or have proven themselves to be dangerous. States are allowed to actually put into place the right to take away their gun for an hour and a half or whatever it is. Well, that's only the states that opt. It's an opt in, not an opt out. And and I, you know, we, it's it is this kind of toxic maleness that kind of drives. It is, all but this. I guess my focus right now is. How do you talk about it with people who are, because I'm entrenched in a position, and, and they are, and I'm right. Well, but, of course, yes. But <laughs> in, in doing this conversation, uh, he was really willing to talk. And we, we're at the dump. We like each other, I think. He likes me. I know I like him in most respects. But I can't stand this dangerous viewpoint the, that has permeated everything. I, uh, I, I just want to say, so I asked, so he, start, he went to the Second Amendment. He yeah. said, of all, I know that you love the Constitution and you fight for people's rights. Well, this is a right. Second Amendment is a right. And I said, I know the Supreme Court said that. But let me ask you this. We're talking about how to regulate it. And the beginning of that amendment says a well-regulated militia. What do you think that meant, if not regulate? And he said, that means, like, should we deploy the militia over here to this flank or that flank? That's a quote that he, that he, he saw well-regulated meant well-directed in the right. context of a war. I really, you know, I tried to talk that out with him, but there was no motion on his part. Well, I, I mean, think about it. That, that, of course, is the thrust of what happened on January 6th. It was, there, there is a war, right, in their mind. We were deployed this, properly. Right. It was <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I can tell you what their counter-argument is. I mean, and I don't think it's necessarily going to help uh, us on the other end reach an agreement, but they feel like there are uh, so many other killings by guns, and if you take away guns, people are going to use knives. And then their other idea is, if you take away guns, what happens when you have a tyrannical government, right? So they come up with a lot well, of logical arguments, you know, in their minds, logical arguments that well, are going to dispel that, that these are simple solutions, right? They're looking at violence in, let's say, uh, cities, right? Or suicides, right? Which is by far, among all the groups, the number one re uh, gun death uh, group in the country, right? Uh, not to depress people, but it is. I mean, you look at statistically, it's over two thirds uh, of all deaths by guns. So you, you have these complicated, yeah, you have these complicated um, conversations that they, they kind of want to not focus on the kids and we'll say, well, yeah, that happens, but it's not a huge amount compared to all of these other deaths. Why aren't we talking about that? Well, it's going to be their logic. Well, you do, when you do talk about it, it's, I mean, you're right. The impetus for the Second Amendment was actually to resist tyranny. I mean, that was the point. 
You're not resisting tyranny when you're going to a school and kill children, and right. you're not resisting tyranny when you're sitting in your living room with a, a, a you know an AR-15 across your lap waiting for someone to come in without ringing the doorbell. It's not they're different, and they're and it, and unfortunately, we usually dwell on these debate areas with false equivalencies, mm -hmm. and false equivalencies are often employed in your trying to you know or what about isms, right? Yeah. You know, you know. Stephen Colbert's production crew—they're—they're they're insurgents too. What about them? Why they—they they got arrested in the in the Capitol building? It's—it's it's that type of. Those are the debate points. Those are the debate. Wait, they—they they tried to stop the peaceful transfer of. Uh, no, no, no. That's that's equivocating. No, no. <laughs> they just they trying were, to understand. They were running questions. with champion the insult dog, <laughs> but but the fact is, is that's brought up and you and, and it and it works because. Essentially, is is well. Know, I've got a suggestion for all you silos. Well, before we take a break, just I'll get the last word for all of you people who think that we need guns and that the Second Amendment is among those precious rights. Well, if you're concerned about an oppressive, tyrannical government taking over, then why don't you just vote for people who are anti-violence? That and people who don't want to arm every child in an elementary school and. Maybe then we can avoid the kind of tyrannical government that requires that we all have assault weapons at our night table. We're going to take a break. We're back. Uh, one of my favorite moments, we got Bill Dwight in studio. <laughs> Dan and I are ecstatic. We're going to stay ecstatic yeah. until you come back. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. So we have a system where folks in rich countries are getting a higher quality of care, higher quality vaccines. And when we, we have technology that we could produce and we could produce more of it to make sure that everyone gets the best chance to um, beat this pandemic. And we're not doing that because of monopoly rights um, that Moderna and Pfizer are choosing to maintain. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Every day, financial ads claiming to be different from the competition. Are they? I'm Francis Rayum, the money doctor, and I'm about to make a bold statement. I believe the thing to focus on isn't their uniqueness, it's yours. No one has the same financial situation or needs as you, and no one can help us help you better than you. But the truth is, when it comes to managing money, most of us are not as successful as we'd like to be. No matter how focused we are, it's almost impossible to separate emotion, and being in a relationship can further compound the issue. That's why I developed Hug Your Money. Financial coaching, coupled with online software and tools to empower you to manage money wisely. We guide you every step of the way to resolve immediate issues and plan for your financial future with modeling scenarios. So whether it's debt, budget, retirement planning, or a financial crisis, having a Hug Coach in your corner is like having a new best financial friend. Hug Your Money is as unique as you are. In fact, it's patented. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Hi, it's Rob from Lundgren Honda. Summer is heating up, and we want you to be ready for those summer road trips. So we are offering a summer road trip inspection. One of our trained technicians will perform a thorough multi-point inspection of your vehicle, along with an air conditioning and performance test and front-end alignment check. This will ensure that your vehicle is safe, your AC is working to its potential, and the alignment readings are within spec. All this for $49.95. So please call, stop by, or go online to LundgrenHonda.com and make an appointment today. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. We are back with Bill Dwight in studio. I have to ask you, Bill. Um, I, I know that you're... Look, I came here in 1971. I visited in 1970 and then moved here in 1971. So I saw the resurgence of Northampton, which I thought Northampton was this moribund place until I came. 
And then it got really <laughs> vibrant. You're not unique in that uh, I guess attitude, not. yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I saw Saturday's Gazette, and the 1950s census material has been uh, released. And there were some beautiful pictures of what was like 1950, which is the year of my birth, coincidentally. But I was looking at that because that was the world that I was born into. And um, I just kept, and it, it described Northampton as being very vibrant. Um, back then in 1950, I yeah. think there's a long history of vibrancy. You were in Holyoke, but you came to know Northampton, not 1950, but certainly in uh, uh, your youth. And my family, I mean, my family's been here for many generations, and um, it was commonplace. My grandmother came to Northampton at least once a week, maybe twice. Um, it's where she did her her clothes shopping. It's where she came to have tea and so on and, and meet friends. I remember the Ann Augusts and the Haberdashers. Right, and, yeah. right. Those and those, those those have all changed. Um, Northampton had an ebb and flow. Just Holyoke's had an ebb and flow. The um, every it's true of every community. Um, you know, and, and as I was telling you off air, that Holyoke at the time uh, in 1950, Holyoke was bumping. Holyoke was a, a thriving community. Um, the interesting thing about Holyoke was the first planned industrial city in the United States. It was literally designed, and you can see it designed in such a way that even the hierarchy is structured. Is you, you, the owners sat up on the top of the hill, and your position in the in the various factories, which were mostly paper and textile. Um, lived in the lower levels until you got to the people who were the the laborers and but Hoyoke was always it was it looked down its nose at Northampton Northampton was a, 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 a quiet docile little college town was the county seat but it's also where everyone within the Pioneer Valley would come and shop for clothes and and do their banking and all the other stuff and um as things changed, I mean, things changed, you know, then your mall, mall started to show up. Actually, the first big break was places like JM Fields, which doesn't exist anymore, or Caldors and things like that, which started to siphon away. Bradley's. Business. I yeah. just remembered Bradley's. On Bradley's, right, yeah. yes. And they and those guys siphoned away the businesses from downtown, or downtown's vibrancy started to be jeopardized by the, by the presence of those. And then the Hoyoke built the mall as its fortune started to wane as the, I mean, the Hoyoke is proof positive. It's like when you create a monoculture, you really live and die by that. So when the uh, mills all pulled up and moved to places with cheaper labor and lower taxes, there was nothing that they, they whatever they used to brag on went away. Northampton's always had kind of a diversified economy it, 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 with that mix, which is able which allowed it to survive some of these hits. Uh, they, this, you know, the and now we've seen a new hit, basically with COVID and the uh, advent of online purchases and things like that. That actually is now going to change and has changed the um, the downtown culture of Northampton. There's a lot of vacancies that weren't here ten years ago. Right, right. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> in my entire time walking this green orb. I have every, every now, every, every couple of years, you start hearing people lamenting, that's it, Northampton's dead, or, or you know, we're doomed, we're, you know, it's gone away. And it's, it's never been true, hasn't panned out. Um, there is... Unlike a lot of communities, it has the five colleges in the area. It has, and, 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 and to be that's honest, stay. if the colleges go away, that will have that have a profound effect on yeah. on on the valley here. And um, you know, sometimes we often take them for granted. They also, in turn, take the communities that they're in for granted. I should say, um, but the fact is, is it's it is we here in this city and in this valley actually have benefited enormously from the. Um, and and by you know there's an argument to be made that we wouldn't exist as we know ourselves if it weren't for them. So, but you know, it's as you say when you showed up, you thought that Nor you you basically heralded the Eisenberg's <laughs> here. <laughs> and, I'm here. Let's let's get vibrant. And there's a lot of people who I mean, it, uh, I would and say it happened. The largest portion of it, it did happen. The largest portion of Northampton's populace um, are. 
maybe first generation uh, Northampton residents. There are people who have been one or two identify themselves as natives, which is always interesting. I remember getting yelled at and saying, you're, you're a newcomer, someone once said. And I said, I've got someone buried in the cemetery back from the 1700s. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know why we're having this debate, I, but... <laughs> last year, someone called me. I've been the moderator in Ashfield and been, you know, on the planning board and da, da, da. It's been 50 years, 51 years, really. And um, I had someone call me a newcomer last year. Yeah. And I was like, I guess I'll never be a, a real resident of Ashfield uh, in your Unless view. you arrived in 1625. <laughs> well, even you're no, a unless you unless you have indigenous blood, and and arguably yeah. the indigenous peoples here also came over a land bridge. So I don't know. It, it, it's it's a it's a silly debate, but it has more to do. It springs more from people feeling that they've been invaded and they're, they don't have control over what they like to remember as their community because right. other people who are coming from the outside are transforming. Well, we're running That's a little exactly late. We have it. one more minute. And in that minute, Bill Dwight, do you think that your understanding of the, a bigger picture because of the history that you've experienced in your lifetime here in, in the Valley, do you think um, that enriched your um, ability to serve the community when you were on the city council? Or can a newcomer do the same thing and doesn't need to have that sense of history? There's a perspective and context help. Certainly when you're having the difficult conversations that you described, I don't always look for the car, my car in the parking lot. It's, it's I can stay and talk. I can understand, I can understand the sentiment and the emotions that drive this, even though you can't articulate them necessarily. You might not know why, what your resistance is. Um, but I can understand that and empathize, and it allows me at least to approach a conversation not at a yelling level, hopefully, <laughs> and more as a, a tempered conversation. Without resolution, you, you'll frequently. leave your assault weapon at home. I I do not need an assault weapon. It's great because yes. we're talking to machine gun Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a pleasure. Thank uh, you so know. much for joining us today. My pleasure. It's it's great. We're going to take a break and we're going to be back with um, Megan and her cabin fever roundtable. She's going to talk about travel during the pandemic. We'll be right back. This is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Local groups plan to gather Thursday at Congressman Jim McGovern's office in Northampton to protest aid to Ukraine and bring attention to the need for gun control. In conjunction with the Peace in Ukraine Coalition, Demilitarized Western Mass will join other local groups in a protest at 4.30 at McGovern's Northampton office at 94 Pleasant Street. Protesters will speak out against recent congressional approval of $40 billion in weapons for Ukraine, rally against any further weapons shipments, and march in support of more stringent gun control legislation in the United States. Demilitarized Western Mass says the legislation will increase the casualties, financial costs, weaponry, and threats in an escalating war between Russia and Ukraine. Granby police are investigating a crash that left a bicyclist injured this weekend. Crews responded to Bachelor Street just after 6.30 Saturday morning, where they found a seriously injured male. Police say the bicyclist was hit from behind and forced off the road. Police are looking for the public's help in identifying a vehicle and driver involved in the hit-and-run. Anyone with any information is asked to contact the Granby police. The Deerfield Select Board is waiting on a report from the animal control officer before acting on a written complaint about dog attacks on Greenfield Road. A resident sent a written complaint that her dog had been attacked by her neighbor's dog four times since last November. The board will decide whether to hold a public dog hearing after reviewing the official report. Plenty of sunshine, breezy, windy this afternoon, a high of 74 to 78. Variable clouds tonight, overnight low of 46 to 52. Mostly cloudy tomorrow for the start of summer at 5.13 a.m. There could even be a scattered sprinkle, a high of 74 to 78, mid-70s and showers on Wednesday. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. Hire a dog sitter and hold the mail. You're going on vacation this summer. And Franklin First Federal Credit Union is helping you do that. How? Franklin First delivers the Franklin First credit card with a low rate balance transfer. 
Transfer your high interest rate credit cards and installment loans, and you're saving some big money. Enough to plan that special summer trip. Visit franklinfirst.org and get details on our low interest balance transfer. Franklin First Federal Credit Union, member NCUA. Hi, it's Jessica, owner of Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. As the weather gets warmer, I know many of you are thinking about your spring, summer workout schedule. And if you're like me, it's all about finding work, life, and workout balance, which is why when you sign up at Fitness Together, you'll put a schedule together with your personal trainer that actually works for you, is stress-free, and will help you stay fit, healthy, and balanced. Visit us online today at fitnesstogether.com, Amherst, or Northampton, and sign up for your free consultation. Are you an immigrant worried about your future? Do you want to change your life? At Center for New Americans, you can take English classes for free. They help immigrants with jobs, licenses, healthcare, as well as immigration and citizenship. CNA helps you create a better future. Visit our website at cnam.org. Call 413-587-0084. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And it's Monday in the second segment of the Afternoon Buzz, and we're here with, with Megan Zinn, and I guess we'll still call it Cabin Fever Roundtable. What do you think? For now. I've actually now. recently decided that I'm, I'm going to start referring to this as the maybe semi-post-COVID era. Wow, so, I like um, maybe semi. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to commit. No equivocating there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my guest is Angela Combest, um, who is, um, and we're going to talk about international travel during, um, during the maybe semi-post-COVID era. Um, that's a mouthful. Um, and Angela is, moved here from Chicago, moved from Chicago to the Valley six years ago, and she is the marketing and development director of Chester Theater Company. And she also tells true stories at slams and open mics whenever she gets the chance. Good person for radio. Before Mm. you begin your conversation, Mm -hmm. Angela, we have, Dan, how many times have we had somebody from Chester Theater recently? We had Well, I had, that that was my doing. (laughs) <laughs> no, it wasn't just you doing. Jackie Walsh brought yeah, in the director. Daniel Kramer, yes. yes. Daniel, and, and Pride and Prejudice is going to be next week. Opens Thursday. Ah, so he was on a second time because I had him on as well. There we go. <laughs> yeah. so yeah. We're big We've Daniel fans. Heavily into Chester these yeah, days. Yeah, well, that's good. Thank it's you. a good opportunity to promote a wonderful organization. Absolutely. Um, so, travel. You traveled to Portugal last I month. Did. Um, I did. Which is amazing. Um, how long were you there? I was there nine days total. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was a trip that was planned pre-COVID, correct? Completely. I was supposed to go in April of 2020. Ah, I was going mm. to ask when that was going to be. Oh, devastating, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Um, and um, so you, tra- you travel quite a bit. I mean, you're a pretty experienced international traveler, yeah, correct? Yeah, I've done quite a bit of international travel. I also travel, take several trips a year domestically, mm-hmm. Um so yeah, this was not my first rodeo internationally by myself. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and by yeah, I should have added that you, you travel by yourself, which is always a very yeah, interesting experience. Yeah. Um, so, did you take the trip as you had planned pre-COVID, or did you have to alter it a lot or a little? Yeah, that's a, an interesting part of this trip was um, the the kind of concession that I made the post. COVID era concession I made was to make the trip a little bit longer as sort of a reward. Oh, good. Um, so I added a couple That's days nice. on, but um, I stayed in, the, the trip really became um, focused around one particular apartment hotel that I had planned to stay in. Okay. Um, and I was kind of obsessed with staying in that same place because I had just built it up in my head oh, so much. For years. There is, yeah, so, you know, it was a small <laughs> hotel that had, um, I don't know how many apartments in it, but I had booked this beautiful private garden um ground floor hotel room and so um when re- in lisbon in lisbon Vishboa. yes yeah and <laughs> in scheduling it um i had to schedule this trip around the five days that that place was available right and um okay. and it turned out to be everything that i had hoped oh, it would good. be so that's that wonderful was really news. terrific yeah oh yeah. that's fantastic yeah um do you think the pandemic made it a, a significantly different trip than what you what it would it's hard it's impossible to know what it would have been otherwise but do you think 
um, these intervening years and the fact that COVID is still with us in some ways um, made it a different trip? Um, I do think that um, the crowds were less mm, than they might have been otherwise. <laughs> I mean, Lisbon was, Lisbon and I went up to Porto as well. We're, um, we're busy, but... Um, you know, given the time frame, I would have expected trains to be more full. I would have expected mm -hmm. restaurants mm -hmm. in some cases to be more full. And it was entirely manageable and not at all, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was there in high season, which is not my preferred time to right, travel anyway. Course. I'm a shoulder season girl. Yeah. So um, that was really terrific. Um, you know, I was really grateful for things like the airline I was on did still require masks oh, on the that, plane. That would made me feel comfortable. Yeah, that comfortable. friends of mine who had gone to Paris just before, they required masks on the way over, but had dropped the mask requirement on the way back. Whereas my airline, which is a Portuguese airline, mm -hmm. um, required them both ways. And I was grateful for that. Yeah. Um, they also were very strict on buses, on trains, and in cabs. Okay. So, so Portugal's been fairly, sounds like they're being very strict, uh, continuing to be fairly strict about COVID precautions. In those particular in those, in ways, those, where, yeah. whereas in shops and restaurants, it was really hit or miss. So I tried to be very conscious if a shop um, keeper or someone working there was wearing a mask, I always asked. Okay. Um, and if it was a crowded situation, then I would wear my mask. Yeah. But most of the time, it it became difficult to put it on and take it off all the <laughs> oh, time. Yes. And, and sometimes I was eating at a table that was a community table. Yeah. And so I had to release myself from some of those anxieties. You just, yeah, I had to just mm. go with it if you're going to be there. Yeah. It's Dan. I, I had a question for you. When you arrive in Portugal and you're going through customs, do they stop you and say, okay, here's your ask for your passport, and then do they ask for your vaccination card as well? And they go review that? Yeah, so when I got to Boston, because I flew out of Logan this time, I had done the you know test within 24 hours of my flight and all that. They did check my vaccination, but never asked for my test. Whereas on mm. the way back, <laughs> more important even though it point. was required, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. everywhere I looked, it said it was required. On the way back, they did check both. They checked both the vaccination and my test, which was done 24 hours in advance. And then we were stopped prior to getting to the gate, and we had to fill out a four-page form wow. affirming that we did not believe we had COVID. Goodness so it was sake. a little, and that, that, of course, must have been the U.S., yeah. Yes. Not, yes. You know, even though back. I was yeah. in Lisbon yeah. at the airport, that was that was a U.S. thing. Yeah. And since then, they've dropped that in yeah. the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, did you? What kind of pre-planning did you do, um, COVID-related, uh, to to ensure that you know um, you could pivot or have some other plan if something went awry because of COVID? Yeah. One of the things I did was I always get travel insurance, but ah, um, I discovered that there was one particular company that allowed me to up the level of travel delay insurance so mm -hmm. that if I had gotten COVID and I was stuck in Lisbon, yeah. I um, was covered for more than the basic 2000 I If I were oh, there good. for five mm -hmm. days or 10 days, I actually upped it to, I think, $7,000, which is a large amount of money. A large amount, but, but if you're stuck if for you're a week stuck, in a hotel, exactly. that's... Yeah. yeah, and I know people who got stuck in France mm -hmm. and were there for 10 days yeah. unexpectedly, so I didn't want to foot the bill for that. that. Yeah, I know somebody who got stuck in Munich um, mm. in a small hotel room for 10 days for, mm. yeah, the same, the same reasons. Yeah. Um, and did, did you run into any problems COVID related? Did it cause any hiccups? No, I didn't run into any. Did you beat up any flight attendants? I did not. Did not beat up. Actually, you know, know, my MO is to get on the plane and um, to take melatonin or something similar and sleep as much <laughs> of the flight as possible. So I was successful in that mission. So that's no, good, I, was, I was out. Because <laughs> otherwise you would have been uh, harassing. Yeah. Um, oh, terribly. Flight yeah, attendants. Yeah, that's <laughs> my course. MO. And were, were most Portuguese uh, people wearing masks when they were out and about in restaurants, or did most had already dropped the, the masks? Yeah, um, no, there were, most people were not. Um, it was interesting, though, the number of people I saw who were just out alone walking around with masks, but that happens here as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I had one friend who flew um, recently to Spain and told me the story of the person who sat next to her. She, the, the person sitting next to her, had... Um, a mask on her mouth, a mask on her eyes to sleep, oh. and headphones. It's <laughs> like a sensory deprivation thing at that point. Wow. Really intense. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Megan and Angela. We're going to keep talking about travel during this 
what did you call it? Maybe semi-post-COVID era. Perfect name for this times <laughs> of we are living in. We'll be right back after these messages. Join us again. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you... Come on over to the co-op, the Greenfield Cooperative Bank. Hi, I'm Jay Sealer, Vice President, Commercial Lending at the Greenfield Cooperative Bank and Northampton Co-op Bank Division. Our experienced local commercial lenders are here for you and your business. Hi, I'm Laura Guzik, Vice President and Commercial Loan Officer. Did you know GCB is a SBA preferred lender? And unlike other banks, each of our team members has individual lending authority for fast local decisions. And I'm Adam Baker, Vice President, Commercial Lending. We're here to help your business grow with commercial loans and lines of credit. You can reach any of our experienced commercial loan officers by phone or at bestlocalbank.com. We'd be happy to meet with you at your business or at any of our Franklin and Hampshire County locations. Come on over to the co-op. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender. Member FDIC, member DIF. You can count on your friends at the co-op. Beer heaven at Cooper's Corner in Florence with Beer Mike. Mountains Walking Brewery in Bozeman. This brewery was started by a guy who grew up in Taiwan. The name Mountains Walking comes from a um, 13th century Zen philosopher named Dogen. And he basically said something along the lines of, when you understand the walking of the mountains, you understand yourself. This is from their seasonal sweets series. And it's a sour ale with banana, maple syrup, cinnamon, and lactose. Huh, these beers are so weird and I love it. This one, I think it's got about 2,200 pounds of banana puree per batch. That's about how many bananas we buy a week. Super banana-y. Smells like fried plantains. Oh man, I like this. And then I smell the cinnamon too. This one I just want to contemplate. Part of that whole philosophy and, and what the brewery name is about is it's something to stop and think about. You hit the nail on the head. It's almost like a banana cream pie. Find your favorite beer and your next favorite beer at Cooper's Corner, Florence. Printing costs sky high, businesses spend up to 3% of revenue generating documents, and many businesses fail to budget the expense. Sound familiar? Get a handle on your printing costs with Total Print Pro from HL Dempsey in West Springfield. HL Dempsey will do an on-site analysis of your copy and print usage and come up with a customized, comprehensive solution that will simplify your world and save you money. Go to hldempsey.com to find out more. HL Dempsey, serving Western New England for over 50 years. HL Dempsey, just dependable. Did you know that you can prevent domestic and sexual violence? You can say something. We all can say something. Together, we can do so much. Say Something is the domestic and sexual violence prevention program at Safe Passage. Join a prevention lab to build your skills and find opportunities to say something to prevent violence. Join us and help make your community safe and healthy for everyone. Get more information or sign up for a prevention lab at saysomethingnow.org. This is the yep. Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back interrupting a lovely conversation we were having during break about masking and traveling. Masking and traveling. And my guest is Angela Combest. Um, and we're talking about international travel. Angela had uh, gone to Portugal last month um, after having to put off that trip for two years. Um and so based on your experience, how has international travel changed in this maybe semi-post-pandemic world? Right. Um, I would say, um, it, you know, it's interesting. I think people are maybe a little more courteous to one oh, another. Well, that's nice to know. Um, you know, as I said, I when I would go into a place and I saw someone who was masking, and uh, you know, I would always check in to make sure what they preferred me to do. Um, signage has been wildly inconsistent, so you never quite knew whether you were required to ah, yes, in some places, and that wasn't That's necessarily here, yeah. governmental requirements, but, you know, an owner of a shop mm -hmm. might have preferred it or something like that. Um, but... You know, again, because my experience over there was um, not having been to Portugal, Portugal before, but thinking that maybe the crowds were a little bit less mm -hmm. than was normal. Yeah, that would make um, sense. You know, so that might have an effect on things. Yeah, all right. Um, and are you different as a traveler, as, some, as a seasoned traveler? How do you feel different? Do you act different? 
Um, it took me, um, you know, not just, it took me a little over a day to readjust my own thinking. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I went into it being um, maybe a little bit concerned about, you know, I was I was almost convinced I was going to come home with COVID on yeah. this trip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, at that point in time, you were still having to test 24 hours before you returned home. And, and I was convinced as I was sitting there doing the test at midnight mm -hmm. the night before my flight that I was going to come up positive. But um, so there was that trepidation that crept into things. But, um, you know, I at a certain point, I just had to put my trust in the science yeah. and my mm -hmm. own good, you know, my own good instincts as to like, oh, no, I'm going to put a mask on in this situation. And I don't feel like going into that restaurant. It's a little too much. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's the same pr in, in, in some ways. It's um, just like before, because if you're traveling internationally, particularly alone, you have to learn how to trust your instincts. Yes. Um, so yeah. you were kind of relying on those same skills, mm -hmm. just in slightly different yeah. Context. And in Europe, you know, one of the things that's amazing is anytime a restaurant has three square feet, they're putting a cafe table out. So there was always the option yeah. of not being inside I, to dine yeah. or drink. Yeah, and that's always been, in Europe, that's always been the case. Yeah. Um, right, but one of my here. favorite things about going to Europe, and indeed Portugal, we spent three weeks in Portugal on our last international pre-COVID vacation, is finding the little hole-in-the-wall place right. that, you, you know, that mm -hmm. you... you under normal circumstances, you wouldn't think of going mm -hmm. in, but you go in there and you find the most wonderful... Best meal of your life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's all handmade right there on premises. And I'd have trouble during COVID to go into one of those little places that aren't necessarily... They don't have a table outside, or if they yeah. do, it's one yeah. or two tables. Yeah. yeah. Which, Buzz, I wanted to, to ask you, uh, was there something that you wanted to do that you decided not to do because Ooh, you feared of COVID? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, that's wow. nothing. Okay. Um, you know, again, it's some self-selection because I do travel alone. Um, I kind of, you know, when I went to Barcelona, which was my big trip in 2019, um, you know, I just, where I was staying and the city itself lent itself more to me wandering out at night more. Whereas um, because of the sidewalks, everything is cobblestone in Lisbon and in Porto mm -hmm. as well. Um, and everything is on a hill. Yes. Um, you know, just... Being more aware of not falling down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't out quite as late as I might be mm -hmm. in some other more walkable cities. Um, so, but no, I just, I did everything I wanted to do. Did you, when you met someone, shake their hands? Uh, I did not. Not there. And now I've noticed that is an awkward thing because I work in theater and often our inclination is to hug yeah. when meeting yeah. people. And I, I just had a, a situation this weekend where I met someone's mom, who, someone I've known for three decades, and I, and I went to hug her and I realized, oh, neither one of us wants to be doing this. But <laughs> it happened anyway and it was all fine. But... It's it's a little irrepressible yeah. hugger. Yes. <laughs> Even and, in a know. pandemic, she's gonna hug you. Yeah, if she can. And so. you know, greeting people, how to greet people has always been awkward, and now yes. it's even more awkward yes. than and it ever And actually, has been. I don't like shaking hands. I would almost rather hug someone than shake hands. It's a <laughs> my name is Angela. Get <laughs> over here. <laughs> I was just gonna I was gonna add uh, because I I know the Spanish and Portuguese culture mm -hmm. at least. Prior to the pandemic, Dan the way is you entered, from Brazil, of I, I was yes. So my family, my mom is from Spain. Uh, my dad is of Portuguese heritage. Um, the way we say hello, oftentimes involves two kisses yeah, on the cheeks. cheeks. Yes, and uh, so I don't know if that's gonna last. I mean, I think that's changed. With it's really the friendly when so you get kissed through a mask or two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think anybody's doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty awkward. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to add that since we were talking about greetings. Yeah. I, I think that one might go away. Uh, now right. some people aren't even and shaking hands because they think, you know, they, it's by they, touch. They do that so. stupid elbow touch thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or a fist bump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fist bump. <laughs> Although at that point, why not just shake somebody's right. hand? You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, weird. it's weird what is changing in our cultures. Yeah. Um, and this isn't COVID related, but tell us one or two of the highlights of your trip. 
Right. So, um, you know, one of the things I love about traveling solo, it's it's not, you know, I'm, I'm traveling solo by necessity. I got a divorce and my ex-husband didn't actually like traveling with me that much anyway, so it's fine. But um, I like to let serendipity take hold. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, so I make plans. I have things I want to do. But sometimes the plan is just get up in the morning and walk and see where I land. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, That's a great way to vacation. Yeah, Yeah. it was terrific. And it's led me to some amazing encounters Mm -hmm. because I'm not talking to somebody else. And in this particular trip, um, a certain cell phone company let me down horribly and my phone did not work at all despite hours and hours and hours with customer service. So that meant I I wasn't looking at my phone for Mm -hmm. maps because I didn't have a map available to me. So I got lost a couple times, Mm -hmm. but those... Getting lost moments actually led me to some amazing encounters with people. Um, I ran into an artist um, in a park I wasn't supposed to be at because I was trying to get somewhere else. She, um, we were talking, and and her her English was completely. American accented. And I mm-hmm. said, where are you from? And she said, I'm Portuguese, but my dad is from the States. And I said, oh, where? And she said, New Hampshire. And I said, oh, well, I'm from Massachusetts now. And she literally jumped up and down. She went to Northfield Mount Hermon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, but it gets better because we were talking about that. And she's wrapping up my, my purchase in some paper. And she said, the paper has a story. My grandparents were in the States, and they wanted to open up a bakery. And they bought this particular paper to wrap the baked goods in, but the bakery didn't make it. And so they moved. They came back to Portugal with the paper, and they gave it to me. I said, we're in the States. She said, Pennsylvania. And I said, oh, well, now I'm from Pennsylvania yes, yes, originally. Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, in Allentown. And I said, my grandparents lived 15 minutes from <laughs> Allentown. I went to Allentown College. And she's jumping oh, up and down. Fun. And so that wouldn't have ever happened no, yeah. had I been mm-hmm. traveling with somebody else yeah, or yeah. had gotten to the right place. in the fr- So those Good move of, divorcing that guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> those, those kind of moments are really beautiful. And I seem to have them mm. all the time yeah, in my travels. That's fantastic. And that's a skill to be able to find those moments and to lean into them. Um, And in our last minute, do you have any advice to anybody traveling internationally or like me because my son is traveling internationally next month? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, you know, first of all, I wouldn't hesitate to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I might, you know, depending on what the the state of affairs are on your transport, your mode of transportation, I would definitely continue to mask in, you know, any kind of enclosed space, um, any kind of transportation. Um, But just, you know, don't let it stop you. It's we're going to be living with this for a while. Yes. So make the adjustments and embrace the things we are able to do. Yeah. And yeah. don't let that be a, be the hindrance. Yeah. And I the, also, Megan, you should you, you should tell your son to uh, use Angela's be, to travel with Angela's best friend, Ms. Serendipity. Serendipity. <laughs> Serendipity is idea. really good. Yeah. That was one of your better ones, too. Buzz. Really. <laughs> Well, so I wrote it down. It's maybe semi post COVID. Mm-hmm. Are we going to rename your your entire segment from um, Cabin Fever Roundtable to something like that? Well, we probably should. I'll I'll take requests. Okay. All right. She'll take requests. Yes. Megan's okay. in. Write to WHMP. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you. for being Thank with you. us, Angela. Megan, I always love having you What's on that? the show. What's that email, Buzz? That e- you, I don't know. Buzz at WHMP.com. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Come on, Buzz. I don't have my own. Because I'm the one checking H-M-P-E. it. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Everybody have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Afternoon Buzz. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. It be so nice to come home. The Spy Who Knew Too Much. That's the title of New York Times and Village Voice reporter Howard Bloom's new book about the CIA and a story of betrayal. You'll want to hear it. Followed by, for a change of pace, our monthly comedy quiz. All this beginning Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP. News, information, and the arts. 
The Literacy Project is the place to go if you are an adult looking to improve your reading, writing, and The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.